Bonjour, je suis Jérémy Morier. Et moi, Christelle Morier. And we live in Lausanne, Switzerland. And we've been married for seven years now. And uh, we're practicing the art of spousing. Yeah. Hello, welcome to the Art of Spousing podcast. We are thankful that you're taking the time to listen to the show. Yeah, thank you, Jeremy and Christelle, for kicking off this episode. You are two of our favorite people on the planet, and we're so happy to highlight you for practicing the art of espousing. Also, you just took the podcast international. Thank you, guys. You're the best. Yeah, we love getting these videos from friends and listeners that we can feature as examples of amazing marriage works of art. Along with using the audio to open an episode, we also post the videos on our Instagram and Facebook pages. If you're listening and you want to be a part of the show, send us a marriage story and a short selfie style video on Instagram at Art of Spousing, or now you can email it to us at hello at artofspousing.com. All you have to do is introduce yourself, tell us where you're from, and how many years you've been married, and then share that you love practicing the art of spousing. Each personality is so different and is an expression of married life, and it's so inspiring to see. Friends, thank you for the feedback we're receiving on the podcast. We value your insight and perspective. This kind of input is going to help us know how to continually offer content that will help you and help your relationship. The reason we're doing this podcast is because we really believe that every marriage has the potential to be a masterpiece, revealing its unique God-designed purpose. We personally know that a work of art doesn't just appear, but it's intentionally crafted and shaped. So our goal with every episode is to give you tools to practice and will help your relationship not just survive, but thrive. Today's episode will wrap up our conversations around what we refer to as the big three C's, communication, conflict, and crisis or challenges. We found in our own marriage and as we've walked alongside other marriages that these three areas are the big buckets that most often cause the tension points in marriage relationships. So a quick recap, when we talked about communication, we introduced the five gears. If you're not using this tool or you've not listened to episode two, we encourage you to go back and do that. Continuing to grow in awareness of yours and your spouse's natural gears will accommodate healthy, productive communication. And then in the last episode, we looked at how to deal with conflict. If there's conflict in your marriage relationship, don't worry about it. It's perfectly normal in every marriage because both you and your spouse are both imperfect people. So wherever there are people, there's going to be conflict. We did give some practical tools on how to allow conflict to be a source of greater unity in your relationship. Again, if you haven't listened to episode three, we'd love for you to do that. And you may even learn that you need to keep a big bag of Snickers bars in your home. So today we're going to unpack the third piece of the big three C's. But before we do that, we want you to hear about an opportunity that you and your spouse may be interested in. Are you looking for that one thing that will be the game changer for your marriage? We believe that all of us desire a marriage marked by deep connection, abundance, unity, and passion. But at times it can feel like our relationship is stuck in the routine of the mundane. Intimacy can get crowded out by the pace and demands of everyday life. It's not uncommon to feel trapped by one's circumstances. Can you relate? If you want a greater connection with your spouse, if you are tired of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, if you desire to feel the thrill of fun and discovery again, like you did when you first met, we can help. We support couples to reconnect, recharge, and re-engage to pursue their life purpose together. We offer the Marriage Reboot Retreat by Married for a Purpose. This is a private 
two-day intensive experience for you and your spouse to work exclusively with Lisa and I for two consecutive full days to identify where you've been, define where you currently are, and discover where you want to go together. The Reboot Retreat is designed for a wide variety of marriages. Whether you're in crisis, a struggling marriage who needs a unified vision, or you just want to go from good to great or maybe somewhere in between. If you would like to find out more about the Marriage Reboot Retreat, you can set up a discovery call with myself and James and we can tell you all about it. The link is in the show notes or you can direct message us on Instagram or Facebook at Art Espousing and we will send you a link to schedule a discovery call. So let's jump in and talk about challenge and or crisis. We use both words because we personally see them present differently in a marriage relationship. Yeah, it's so true. There are subtle differences between the two. Crisis is a time or season of intense difficulty, trouble, or danger. Crisis actually happens at a crucial or decisive point or situation, and they often represent a turning or inflection point in life. Challenges, on the other hand, happen all the time. There are always situations that test our abilities, and these can range from small instances to what could feel like insurmountable obstacles. Examples could be health setbacks, dealing with chronic pain, a setback in financial resources, work-related stress points, job loss, parenting, taking care of aging parents, emotional distress, or mental illness. Honestly, the list is endless. Just listing all these challenges is a challenge. But not every challenge is negative. We have good friends who just delivered twins this last week. Bless them. I know. This is a huge blessing. However, they are now navigating all the challenges of adding two little humans into the world. So even something incredible like a job promotion or moving into a new home presents challenges and opportunities that can cause stress or tension in the marriage relationship. We can sometimes minimize our own challenges and moments of crisis because we know someone else out there has a greater challenge or crisis than we do. This is a great perspective to maintain thankfulness, but there really is a reality that what we walk through is just that, what we have to walk through. How do we thrive in our marriage while navigating things in life that take the wind out of our sails or divert energy out of our relationship? Yeah, that's true. The Bible has a lot to say about crisis. There's actually an entire book called Job devoted to the challenges of one man. In 1 Peter 4, verse 12, we actually read that, do not be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening to you. I mean, Peter's saying, like, don't be surprised. This isn't strange. You're going to have challenges in crisis. And Jesus actually said, I told you all this so that you would have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. See, when we know that challenge and crisis are a part of the human experience, we can create a mindset that is not surprised or overwhelmed when they happen. Right. Sure, we're going to get rocked and feel shaky for a bit, but we can make decisions before a crisis or hard challenge comes that will inform how we will face them together as husband and wife. I love that. Having a mindset that know they're coming and that we're going to deal with them is fantastic. Okay. So we want to share three principles to keep in mind when life throws us a curveball. I will give them to you straight ahead so you know exactly where we're going. I love it when I get the three points right out the yeah, gate. So do. principle number one, productive communication. Principle number two, positive community. 
And principle number three, proactive connectedness. So let's start with the first one. It is important in any crisis or challenge to focus on productive communication. I'm certain that this is not an issue that is dominant to one spouse or the other, but in our relationship, I'm the spouse with the most words and all the yes, feels. Yes, you are. That's I true. am. And you, Mr. Man, you are a man of few words. You actually do not experience highs and lows. That's true. You don't. I really appreciate this about you. God has blessed me with your emotional stability. I'm grateful, but you really are pretty flatlined on things. I think we're really the definition of opposites attract. Absolutely. So as you and I approach a crisis or a challenge in life, having a productive conversation and communication looks very different for each of us. The big idea is to keep talking. That's right. Be intentional about sharing feelings and where you are in the middle of the mess. James, we learned how to maintain productive communication during a season of our life that we call leadership blow up. Yeah, it was back around 2012. I had been advancing in my leadership position, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, my leadership capacity had not increased. It caused a lot of relational mess with my coworkers and those people who worked with me. And there came a time when I was sat down by my leader and they said, Hey, we have a problem. I said, what's going on? And they said, we have four of your team members who have went to HR and they said they can't work with you because you're heavy handed and hard and mean spirited. And I was kind of blown away by that because I didn't see that about myself. And so we went through really about six months to a year of just grinding through trying to figure that out. Now, the great story of that for me is it was a turning point. That that crisis became an inflection point mm. in my life that helped me kind of be where I am today and really was an inflection point for our marriage because we learned some lessons out of that that have strengthened our relationship. I was just about to say that that not only impacted your leadership, you took that crisis and grew from it, but it did impact our marriage relationship, our communication together, communication with our kids, and actually great empathy and understanding for other people in mm-hmm. places they are. So there's lots of value, lots of podcasts that come out yeah, of true. just that one situation. But this situation, this leadership blow up disrupted my relationships with all of the wives of the people that you were talking about. In ministry as a vocation, it has a unique twist on relationships. You're constantly managing the tension of being coworkers and friends. You were devastated and you were seeking reconciliation and wanting to do what you needed to do to personally grow through this. So you were owning your part, but I was also hurting and my relational self was rocked because as Enneagram 2, people are money, money, money today. They're my currency. And a lot of those were feeling a lot of feels and disrupted. So we learned about productive communication in that season. But for you, James, you had to find words to share your feelings because again, like I said, you don't experience a lot of highs and lows. You're pretty much even kill. Yeah. I actually really have a hard time with vulnerability and putting words to my feelings in order that to not shut you down or unintentionally shut you out. I had to find a way to be clearer in describing what was really going on. So I had to really be productive in communicating to you. A tool that I wish I would have had back then is what's called a feel wheel. Basically, it's a, it's a tool that allows you to identify core emotions at the center of the wheel. And after you identify the most accurate core emotion, you can work your way out to the edges of the wheel to identify more specific emotions that you connect with. So during that season, my core emotion was really anger. As an Enneagram 8, that's really my core emotion anyway. So it just amplified that, but it was not productive in our conversation for me just to continually say, I'm just so angry. Mm -hmm. I'm just so angry. I'm just so angry. So using a feel wheel, I could have said something like, Lisa, I'm really 
angry, my core emotion. I could have looked outside the wheel and looked a little bit more. I really feel let down and humiliated. That was really a little bit more descriptive of what's right. going on. And then I could have even went farther and said, I, I feel like I've been betrayed by my friends Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be resentful, but my anger is causing me to feel that way. Just having the tool that can help you express what's really going on, especially if you have a hard time expressing emotions or you're hard with vulnerability, a feel wheel, and I'll put that in the show notes, could be helpful for you. The truth is I wish you would have had it then also, because what took six months to a year could have been a little bit quicker for us to get on the same page. Right. Because I do not remember, that's been a while back, I do not remember you being able to articulate much around that. If you would have been able to. To, my empathy and sympathy and our ability to grow through that may have come about faster yeah. if you were able to dialogue about it. And there, through that season, I mean, there were all sorts of emotions. Mm -hmm. And so again, my internal struggle as eight kind of landed in sometimes just feeling numb and just be able to communicate about those things. You're right, would have moved us forward faster. Yeah. Okay. So one of the other things about this communication that happened between us is you allowed me to process how your behavior impacted me. Right. I love the idea, and we've heard it said in many different ways, is listening is the key to all effective communication. Right, that's true. You grew an active listening around the impact on my life of your behavior. Good communication requires leaning in and advancing this skill because I know it will serve our listeners well, and it served us well in learning how to be active and That's listening. so good. Basically, keep talking, keep listening, but listen with the intent to learn but not respond. Mm, that's good. And no joke, that feel will so good for all of us, even those of us like myself, who's yeah. really in touch with the emotions, could use a feel will. It could dial in my verbal vomit <laughs> of emotions, which also I have to say is not so productive. That's true. One thing to highlight in navigating crisis and challenge, some of life's challenges are the result of one or the other spouse's behavior. It's true. In this situation, it was your behavior, but yeah. there have been times my behavior has caused us That's distress. True. So non-productive communication is blaming, accusing, and shaming. Right. Rule of thumb, avoid personalizing the problem. Yeah, so good. Sometimes we see a challenge and we attach it to the person and yeah, you don't want to personalize it. Somehow we had that skill and I didn't do that and we had great flow of communication. So good. Again, I would just refer you back to listening to episode two and three on these big three C's because you're going to learn some things about communication and how you deal with conflict productively that will help you in times of challenge and crisis. So the second guiding principle would be positive community. And the big idea here is don't isolate. A typical response when married couples face hard times is to withdraw from community. Uh, maybe this is out of embarrassment, or maybe it's due to the lack of strength for the emotional output needed to show up in community. It could just be that the time commitments need to work through a challenge, uh, keep you from engaging in community. Regardless of how hard it is, we want to encourage you and your spouse that when you're facing a crisis and challenge, you need people around you. Right to encourage you and carry you through those seasons. There's two types of community that can be beneficial. One should be a consistent small group of people who are going to encourage you, pray for you, and support you. This group of people should always be about championing your marriage relationship. 
we found that church small groups are a great type of group to meet this need. We've also found recently that being part of a coaching group or mm-hmm. coaching cohort with other married couples is a great way to build this kind of community. Then the second type of community is a support group that will speak specifically to the challenge or crisis you're going through. So this could be a recovery group, a grief share group. It could be a group that's focused on supporting families with children who have special needs. Maybe you have challenges with your finances or your new empty nesters and dealing with the challenge of reconnecting. Something like a re-engage or a group that's just about helping marriages connect would be a great type of community. So finding the community that will champion your marriage and support you with a specific challenge or crisis will be key to maintaining a thriving relationship. I love when you talked about having groups of people around you in crisis. Sometimes it may be just a few people due to the nature of a crisis. You may not want five or six couples knowing all of this. And so you're going, if I can't do that, then I'm going to isolate. And that would be the furthest thing from the truth. You need to find at least one couple and you agree upon that. There, there are people in this moment. So establishing community before crisis and challenges arise is so important. It's incredibly easy to isolate in these times as it is. But if you've not been working on community all along in your married life, you have just increased the odds of isolating and crisis or challenge because vulnerability is required in good relationships. And it is difficult to establish when you're navigating life's bumps. That's right. Not all community has to be sharing all your guts, (laughs) but it is important to have consistent rhythms of investing in and not just investing in individual friendships, but couple friends. That's right. Word to wives right here. When I said you don't have to share all your guts to be in community, I think when we force our husbands to do that, we cause ourselves to separate in community. Mm. And I want to encourage men, you don't have to do that to be in good community. Right. It's okay that you're just doing life together. So James, we personally are an all generation friendship base. That's we right. have all kinds of friends. We are in relationship with younger couples, couples who are the same age as we are, and then couples who are ahead of us to share married life wins and challenges. All these relationships are so valuable to you and I. That's right. That's true. So you want to have productive communication, positive community. And then the last principle we want to share with you is having proactive connectedness. And this is all about intentional intimacy. And we're not just talking about sex. Intimacy is so much more than sex. Although sex is very, very (laughs) important in the ingredient of intimacy. And it's an indicator of how you're doing in other areas of intimacy, like emotional, physical, and spiritual intimacy. In all seriousness, that is very true. It is true. So be proactive, sit down together, commit to each other that regardless of the external crisis or challenge, you will not allow it to rob your intimacy. And when we talk about get proactive, get a plan of when you're going to pray together. Be proactive in leaning into spiritual community. Go ahead and plan when you're going to have sex and put it on your calendar. It doesn't always have to be spontaneous. And planning for it, you know it's going to happen. One of the things I always say about productivity, if it doesn't make in your calendar, it won't make in your life. And in crisis, it really doesn't because honestly, sometimes it's not the first thing that's on your mind, but it's a very important part of navigating crisis and challenge well. Married life. Exactly. So then individually determine what you're going to do consistently to connect with your spouse and show them your love. So guys, maybe it's putting Flower Friday on your calendar. And when you're on your way home Friday from work or wherever, if you're out at the gym or whatever, stop by the store every Friday 
and purchase a small bouquet of flowers. And if you have a Trader Joe's by you, you can go to Trader Joe's and a little plug for them and you can buy a small bouquet for five or $6. It doesn't have to be a massive thing. Or maybe husbands and wives plan how you will consistently send little love notes or texts to your spouse to remind them of your love and commitment to them. You need to know each other's love language. That's right. Yours is words of affirmation. So mine does involve text messages and words and things like that. So yeah. I think it's like- Love languages is great because you're is acts of service. And so one of the ways I can always show you love is by cleaning the dishes or taking something off your plate. I walk in the house, James Duvall, and I see that the kitchen counter is cleaned off and I'm like, I love that man. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. You're doing a good job. Okay. So I did hear word on the street is Friday flowers should make a return. I'm just hearing, I heard that. Yeah. So I, you're, what you're saying is I haven't Giving you flowers enough on Fridays. That's right. That's okay. right. So you I'll can put it back on my Bring calendar. it back. Bring it back. Okay. I have to add just a little bit about the word intimacy. I'm sure some of our listeners have heard it, but it's into me, you see. Yeah, it's good. This reveals the value of knowing one another so well that we can meet the needs of our spouse, mm. which could involve sex. That's right. It could. But we need to know each other well before we get to crisis and challenge. Right. So we're able to meet those needs. A couple of things I'd like to point out here. Number one, when your spouse is making the effort to connect, be sure to lean in. Yeah. Don't criticize. You had to put it on your calendar or flowers are a waste of money. All the things that we could possibly say to kill the intentionality of this moment to connect. Or delete that from your text. I don't want the kids to see. <laughs> or that. Um, Not that that's ever happened in our relationship. That's right. You know, and in crisis, sometimes we do have crisis brain and we forget to connect. That's right. I remember a time when one of our close friend couples was going through a significantly hard time with one of their kids. It was very heartbreaking. I remember having an honest conversation about how she and her husband were doing in the area of their sexual intimacy. This was a really vulnerable moment because you and I, James, make it a practice to not have full disclosure or discussion around our sex life, even with our closest friends, because we consider this to be sacred and a private aspect of our married life. But as close girlfriends and under the circumstances, I just knew I needed to go there. Right. And so needless to say, I took her shopping to help her get inspired (laughs) and feel like she was in the mood and beautiful for this moment. Years later, she thanked me for encouraging her in that area. And the truth is, I feel like I'm due a steak dinner by the husband. (laughs) He should be thanking me. Well, that's so cool that you did that. And that goes back to the other point of just positive community is like when you, you, these are friends that we've had for life and you knew something was going on and you were able to support their marriage. Mm-hmm. because you're championing their marriage and be able to step in that. So it just goes back to in the midst of crisis, if you already have positive community around you, then they're actually going to champion your marriage. And you may have somebody like Lisa who's going to take you shopping. <laughs> so so we're going to face times of crisis and challenges, both positive and negative in our married lives. So maybe you're in one of those times right now, or maybe you're coming out of a crisis or challenge. And we hope that these three principles Productive communication, positive community, and proactive connectedness will really help you as you're walking through those seasons in your life. 
We would love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what we've shared. You can email us at hello at artespousing or direct message us on Instagram at artespousing. Thanks again for listening. If you found this episode helpful, please let your friends know by sharing it with them. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. So have a great week and we will see you next time on The Art Espousing. Until then, bye-bye. Bye-bye.